0: This is Table Talk, your premier competitive Warhammer 40k Houston podcast. We review new content and releases, interview some of the brightest minds in Houston 40k, and talk gameplay and tactics to help you level up your Warhammer 40k game. This is a Team Eden production sponsored by Eden Games. Now for your Table Talk host, Chad Stubblefield.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of Table Talk. As always, I am your host, Chad Stubblefield. And Table Talk is a Team Eden and Eden Games production. Make sure you go to edengames.com to find any of your wargaming, hobbying, board games. And uh, shipping's free past a certain point, so you'll be able to, even if you are not local, get all of these amazing items delivered to you at a completely reasonable price. And then also, we are sponsored by Rexer's Lasers. Make sure you go to rexerslasers.com. Or uh, find him on Facebook because you can get more custom stuff done by him. He's pretty in, in flux on what he's able to do for you. Or he has some kind of set-in-stone amazing product lines like his wound counters and his different game aids and tokens used throughout the game of Warhammer 40k. That just kind of help him make it easier for you and your opponent. Uh, so today, we are going to be talking about Blood Angels. Blood Angels have had a recent kind of uh, spike in both the attendance in the metagame since Armor of Contempt and also in the uh, actual win percentage of the faction. And who better to break down Blood Angels with me here today than Mr. Not-Steven Box himself, Brandon Smith. <laughs> Brandon, oh, say hi to the people.
0: Well, I mean, I guess if I can't be Steven Box, then, like... Might as well might be Brandon. As well be Brandon, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> say hi to the people, Brandon. Hello, people. All right, perfect. Like I said, it's always a hostage situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's No one ever people. gets to see the gun under the table. <laughs> He won't. He won't let me out of here until I finish
0: this. <laughs> yeah, until he
1: until he finishes the podcast and or says hi to the people. So yeah, let's let's talk about Blood Angels. I I have a few uh you know numbers here. I don't. I like the whole um, week by week win percentage that you can see in uh, an army influx and see the parameters in which it operates in. Not as like a true definite number in the meta game, but just you know here here's where they kind of exist. And we had seen Blood Angels in the past be uh, put into the hands of someone like Steven Box or for uh, Jack Harpster to take them to great success at the GW event. So we've seen we've seen Blood Angels even before all these recent things have play in the hands of some of the best players on either player play strain or GW boards. So the, we, the recent win rate before Brandon dives us into just Blood Angels in general, we had Blood Angels five weeks ago had a win rate that weekend of 40%. And I'm, I'm looking at five weeks because that's kind of like, here's where lists started appearing that were like the definitive, here's what Armor of list look like. Yeah. And then soon after that, spiked over the next couple weeks from 45%, 46%, and then had a, a dip, but also their attendance was drastically lower that week. I did look into those numbers, so they did go down to 35%. Uh, this yeah, previous week, lot. but there was there was way less people playing them for right. whatever reason, less events and whatnot. Um, and then this past weekend, so the weekend we just had, which was the Bay Area Open weekend, it was the weekend of Rocky Top. There there was a bunch all over the uh, world, a bunch of GTs happening, and uh, Blood Angel spiked to fifty two percent, which is the win rate because are. Kev currently been operating at for for the better part of since they got their nerf. Yeah. So what what do you make of that, Brandon? What's, what's,
0: what's going on here? Um, I think the increase of the, the win percentage actually has to do with uh, the more household names, I suppose you would say uh, getting their hands on the army and go ahead and playing it, getting their reps in. We're starting to see the culmination of like, okay, this is what the army looks like in, Good player's hands. like yeah,
1: yeah, there is a drastic difference between, like, just charging everything you can into your opponent and then, like, doing what what I had shown you and what I had shown uh, wide, uh, my wife earlier was looking at the, like, boxing the opponent in and, like, right. the, the, the different, like, movement shenanigans. You couldn't do before because Armor of Contempt didn't exist and your guys would just, like, die in that position.
0: Yeah. it definitely takes some restraint to... You know, sit a chaff unit and then play here, come and get me, and then heroically intervene in somebody with sanguinary guard as opposed to actually just like running the sanguinary guard across the field into whatever they can touch.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of, um, and I'll have you dive into that. There's a lot of, when I think of Blood Angels, I think of them as kind of the most aggressive, Xenos esque of the like, the different chapters that Space Marines have access to. They have, this they have a very aggressive game plan but when played correctly and like he said in the in the right player's hands they're actually very positional focused they're very like here's this pinpoint precise thing uh let me check you cannot engage this unit without this guy being able to intervene and then heroica Mm -hmm. sacrifice don't forget i have that and like our hero sacrifice and then it's like you're gonna have to fight this dude and then the rest of my unit just kills you yeah right and like you have all these these very, like, precise tricks that the army can pull off, but they can only pull off if you are, a, you know, kind of prevy to that sort of play to begin with.
0: Right. So, like, something I saw, because we're currently in the middle of a league at Etten, um, last week I played against Eldari, and one of the main things I was doing, it was a, I don't remember which five-objective mission it was now, but... Death and zeal. Oh, yeah, death and zeal. Um, so we were playing GW Terrain, and... I positioned my infiltrators. I had gotten turn one. Or... Yeah, I had gotten turn one. So I positioned my infiltrators up on the center objective to where he would have had to cut angles and whatnot to actually shoot them. But then also, like, had them spaced out enough where I could put a unit of sanguinary guard to where if he had to charge that unit, I was going to heroically intervene to whatever charged it. And he... Being Eldari, he probably wasn't going to kill the (laughs) Sanguinary Guard in (laughs) fighting. Right, exactly. Definitely not Hail of Doom. (laughs) Yeah, not Hail of Doom, uh, Eldari. So I got away with that for like two whole turns, just putting a chaff unit in the center and doing that positional game, whereas something we'll talk about probably in a minute, a lot of newer players, this is like their main, a very common starting army for newer players. A lot of new players just want to charge their models across the board and get them there. But, you know, I mean, maybe this 52% is also reflecting some of that. Maybe Blood Angels is possibly even better than this 52% because of all of these, I don't want to say bad players, novice players. Yeah, people that are just attending their first yeah. big GT, and like like you said, this is their thing, right? Yeah, because, I mean, like, people look and see, okay, what army is easiest to pick up and play? Well, Blood Angels is an aggressive army that... Yeah. Typically hyper-elite armies, too, because yeah. it's less model count and Correct. stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like, this is just a common army that people want to play. So, I mean, that one week that you said was, what, 36%? Yeah. That was probably just a week a lot of the, like, pro players uh either golf, weren't on you know? Blood Angels or there wasn't big enough events for them. Or right. Whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at looking at these percentages and everything. Well, so, dive into us because
1: I think the, the real reason we're even here talking about Blood Angels, and I think the biggest reason, is Armor of Contempt. So, in as someone who played them before, and some... With, they even had armor contempt, and then right now with armor of contempt, mm-hmm. what has there been a big difference to you? Has a ha, what? What is the play looking like compared to where it used to be?
0: So you're still wanting to play the normal game of keeping your units in terrain until How you go can seek. Come out. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> play hide and go seek until you shoot out twelve inches and charge somebody. Um, but you're starting to find whenever people are cutting those angles on you and everything, your units are just surviving. <laughs> Whereas before, you know, they might bring a unit around, peek a corner on some sandguard, and pick up the whole unit. Now you might just have three left. They might only pick up two and then those two go, you know, those three go on and you know, one gets rezzed by your Sang Priest and you just have a good old time. I think the joke used to be that I heard all the
1: time was that one unit, inter- regular intercessors were better than assault intercessors because one unit of regular intercessors in tactical could take out a unit of assault intercessors easily oh, <laughs>
0: not anymore <laughs> yeah
1: exactly right like that's the big change here is yeah. like in cover you're going if you have three up save in cover you're going to a two up plus armor of contempt you're staying at a two up a lot yep. of the time two up three up or it, it, it's it's i used to shoot ap1 weapons at space marines and just laugh while people picked up yes armor, right and it's that's definitely not the case
0: well i mean especially with and I know I've said this previously. Whenever we were talking Armor of Contempt, a couple pod or a few podcasts ago, but it's like all these two up saves. You know, you stick them in cover. That's a zero up save with Armor of Contempt. Like, yeah, functionally they have sure. to get AP three just to get you anywhere <laughs>
1: yeah and even the place they got you at is like guaranteed with a re-roll yeah. right because if they're if they have the ap to take you to that then they're probably shooting like melta guns at space marines, and i'm totally okay
0: with yeah that. i'm okay picking up a single Sanguard on a what four up save or whatever it is <laughs> yeah. against a melta shot <laughs> like cool you just had to waste melta shots into my Sanguard. that's awesome so there's definitely been a huge noticeable difference oh absolutely
1: that's cool well, what are the. Um, was there any change in the secondaries you were taking before or versus the secondary game plan now, at, now that the army's kind of back and we have a different metagame? Or are, are you taking the same secondaries? What are the common secondaries you're looking to take with Blood Angels?
0: So I've kind of played around with different secondaries. Like a couple of weeks ago, I tried taking Investigate Signals, which I just found out is even on the going first is still not better than Oath, (laughs) in my opinion. Um, I mean, a lot of it's still... You can still play the Engage game if you want to play Engage. You can still do Oath. You can still grind, you know, because you're a hyper-aggressive army if you choose to play that way. Yeah, if someone's grinding you, you don't have models left. Right. (laughs) So you take grind. I mean... um, you can even take the uh, behind enemy lines. I found that one to be kind of interesting recently because whenever you have Death Company, they can just be in your opponent's deployment zone, turn one. That's well. Know. Explain to
1: people who may not be p- familiar with Blood Angels how how are the Death Company able to do that, and why do we see Ooh. Death Company always taken as a unit of one in Blood Angels?
0: So it's always as a unit of one because of Forlorn Fury, which is a 1 CP strat that allows you to pre-game move the unit's movement. So if I have uh, Death Company Marines with jump packs, they get to pre-game move 12 inches.
1: And most strat gems are like only 9.
0: Right. These guys are scooting. Like, (laughs) they're going somewhere. And then if you mix it with things like the uh, Sanguinary Ancient with uh, Wrath of Ball that gives another 2 inches of movement and you string them out Bring the furthest one 12 inches out, and then the closest one right inside 6 inches of a little bubble of a few characters. You get them into Assault Doctrine, give them plus 1 to hit, and rerolling all hits with Thunder Hammers. Just, and then you can move them 14 inches out because you still keep them within 6 inches of the Sang Ancient. So your first turn, they're moving 26 inches? That's insane. Yeah, just
1: moving that much. Yeah, yeah that's, that's before the charge. Exactly, without have, advancing. <laughs> yeah,
0: you have a 38-inch threat range, turn one, with Death Company. So what I've found a lot of the time, though, is you sit down, or I'll well, stand at your table, you go over your list with your opponent, and you tell them, okay, just so there's no gotchas, I pregame move these Death Company 12 inches. And you sit there and watch them tank for... A good minute while they figure out how they're going to stay out of thirty-eight inches of your death company,
1: right? Which is the the answer is that they're not. Well,
0: on most missions, they're not on most missions. But at the same time, it makes them play this really scared of it. And then you just forlorn fury back into a building or something, and you're like, "Cool, now what are you going to do? Come in the center because they're still here. They're still going to get you." Yeah, (laughs) like they didn't go anywhere. (laughs) Um but that's if somebody respects it and if somebody if you tell that to somebody they don't respect it, yeah, you just run up and you take out a storm surge turn one and then it's like cool, what what are you doing now?
1: Yeah, we saw in the uh, showing Brandon in the semifinals, Stephen Vox took out uh Morvin Walt, turn one. Yeah. Just before his opponent even got a turn with what is probably the most lucrative model in the army. Yep. It, it's huge. It's big I've
0: end. had opponents not respected with Dreadnoughts and everything after I've informed them of what I was going to do.
1: Well, because the know? easiest thing would have been to just wrap Morven Wall, right? Like, you can't stay out of the threat radius on a quarter board, but you could have just put units around her to where she can't be charged. Right. Yeah. It's
0: one of those things. If you don't respect it, it's going to get you. And if you do respect it... Then you're playing really scared, and that's what I want you to do anyway. <laughs> yeah, cool. Then there was there. Yeah, there's still really no cost to doing this. So yeah, it's a cool
1: little like <clears throat> toolbox unit built into the actual uh, the actual list itself. Every list that I've seen. Um, so as far as the secondaries go, how do you feel about retrieve Knockman data? Because we were talking about it, and there's there's a lot of people that take. Uh, almost every time I've seen these Blood Angels players, that win on stream, it's just a, it, it
0: seems like they're auto take. So it's very interesting because, like at its core, Warhammer is a points game, right? Yeah, like you have to score your victory points. This is how you're gonna do it. Um, I I think this was actually one of the secondaries that kind of flips whenever you introduce Armor of Contempt, because. Blood Angels also have access to a stratagem called uh, On Wings of Fire. So you can pick up any jump pack unit uh, and then put it back down, deep strike it the following turn. So I think that is kind of where you get more of the um, R&D play, where you can go use your sanguinary Guard, take out a unit, and then they don't die... So you just pick them up out of that corner, put them in a corner to r and d the following turn. And then if your opponent still doesn't deal with them, they go out and do what they do. You know? Well,
1: so <clears throat> I Kim Larry was talking about it because his his co-host for Bay Area Open kind of questioned it. Mm-hmm. and he didn't bring that up, but what he brought up that I think is very interesting is oftentimes if they feel like they're lacking like a good third secondaries. Yeah, good players will take retrieve knock data as like an auto eight in their head because yeah. it allows them to do the end of game math faster, which allows them to know where they need to stop their opponent. Right, right. So it's like if I'm just comfortable getting an eight on this that I I okay now let me look at your secondaries and where can I right. stop you so we're either at parity or I block
0: block you below those points. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, so just taking it as, like, a set in stone, like, I'm, I'm going to get this number. Yeah. In five turns, I'll get eight. Well,
0: <laughs> and we'll talk about lists in a little bit, but I think that's where a lot of these uh, units of exactly seven Sanguinary Guard are coming up. Yeah. Because I feel like, okay, if your opponent shoots, takes two out, and you're playing a Sanguinary Priest, you res one and then you're at six, so you don't have to roll for it. Right. Or if you're at five, you have, what is it, a 13% chance of failing it. Yeah. That's not that bad. Yep, my and, Dire
1: Avengers like to do it, but go on. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. The few times I've played Eldar, it's really convinced me to play Harlequins. Yeah. <laughs> but I I, I I, can agree with that, and I, I think it's a very interesting, um, just a side little like non-Blood Angels related thing that I, I feel like good players do a lot, is to just be like... I, I'm gonna take this because I at least know how much points it's worth.
0: Right. Right. Which is understandable. So like, like oaths. Yeah. Oaths. Um, like I'll get like an, like an eight to sometimes. ten on this, you know? Yeah. That's banners nice. is like that sometimes. It's like cool, I'll like get these three turn one, maybe they'll whittle me down to two. So then like you end up with like ten or eleven guaranteed, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to bring you on here to help me discuss these uh these amazing kind of Blood Angels lists that have been (laughs) popping up. So um, for anyone that doesn't know, the first one we're going to go over, we're going to go over three lists today that thankfully were very different in stylization, but have a similar core to them, Mm -hmm. which is going to be good for anyone that's looking to get into Blood Angels or if you're playing against Blood Angels, we can discuss that core. And like, okay, we already talked about the Death Company, right? Like there's a unit, there's one unit in all these lists. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we'll start
0: to, as we go through, see the similarities between the list. So there's a lot of similarities, but a lot of dissimilarities as well, which is fascinating to me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and I think the, the non-similarities are trying to accomplish the same thing. It's just the players have different opinions on how you accomplish right. it. Um, so first off, we have Sweet Lou's list. So Sweet Lou is based out of Texas. Um, super awesome guy. Seems like a super fun guy. Y- y'all may know that he played on the final game uh, against Nick Novati at the Dallas Open. Yeah. So, uh, as I learned it,
0: a lot from that
1: game. Yeah. <laughs> as as it goes with Blood Angels versus Eldari, um, Eldritch Storm happened, and he failed a bunch of charges. Was left out in the open. Eldritch yep. Storm happened, and welcome uh, to Blood Angels, kids. You fail your charges. Yeah. <laughs> so here is Sweet Lou's uh, 18th place at the Dallas Open. Which could have he could have easily been second or third. Oh, absolutely. Had that had things gone even slightly different. Yeah. So 18th at the Dallas Open, and then he also got 27th at Alamo, which was a, another big Texas event that had just happened. So, I, I, what I would say are two very successful runs for an army that hasn't really even been towards those spots for I a while. I just want to comment on something. Man, there's a lot of Texas events. <laughs> there's a there's a lot more to come. I there's know. So many more this year. I just keep adding them. <laughs> So Just keep adding more. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> in Sweet Lou's list, we have uh, we're looking at a battalion. We have, and I think more often than not, that's what you're going to be looking at. Um, the troop tax feels a lot less bad. So when, when I talk about troop tax, what I mean is that there is uh, space marines. Troops are traditionally not worth their points. Right. Uh, with armor of contempt and blood angels so getting the extra efficiency out of some of these units right. where you otherwise wouldn't have because of the extra attacks and plus one wound, then now now we're talking now we're talking about it being worth it's points because right. it's now still the singing. same points as it is in salamanders right <laughs> yeah I like it a lot so he, we have a battalion we have commander Dante we have a sanguinary priest with soul soul warden and uh, a jump pack and rites of war um Rights of War is going to give the the aura of uh, objective secured, and then uh, so what's Soul Warden Brandon? Because we're going to uh, see that a lot. Soul
0: Warden, yeah, Soul Warden should always be in your list, especially with um, Eldari running around. You don't want to get caught in the open without it. So it's a six inch bubble of a five up feel no pain against specifically mortals.
1: Is that all? Mortals or just mortals in the psychic
0: phase? All mortals.
1: Okay, yeah, I like that. Um, so very very big response to the metagame. And then we have another Sanguinary Priest with the Armor Indominus. Um, just kind of bare bones on the Sanguinary Priest. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pause during the list when I kind of need an, something answered by you, Absolutely. Brandon. Because it's best to discuss as we go through. But the, uh, why, why I already know the answer, but why put the Armor Indominus on a what is a very
0: cheap character? So, eh, so it's a very good cheap character is the reason. Right, and you and you know wh- whether you agree with it or not. You know what he's going for. I know what he's going for, and to an extent, I can agree with it. I personally wouldn't play it, um, but I see what he's going for. So he has one kitted out to where he gets the free revival every turn, so he gets to bring a model back for free every turn with one of them, and then the other one it allows him if the first one gets killed or something like that. He can still spin for the strat to go ahead and do it with the other one. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Uh, Personally, it's not what I would do, but I do see the reasoning for it.
1: Interesting if you're taking R&D, which we had seen him take on stream, right? right? Just get that guy back and not fail a secondary. So it
0: also gives you the option, too. Like, if you have the one over here with this group on the right... And then this one's coming off with the group on the left. Well, what if you need to residue on the left? Yeah. Then you can spend for the strat instead of doing it for free over here, whereas you might not get value out of it over here. But why put the Armor Indominus on it? Um, is that the one with the... The uh, cheap one is the one with Armor Indominus. Okay. Um, I think it's just to make it survivable so you can have access to it. Like, So they don't just take both out in a single turn, right? So I, I'm of the opinion and I, just
1: seeing how he played down the stream and stuff like that, I'm of the opinion that he's using this sanguinary priest uh, because it has the
0: correct keyword to six inch heroic, correct? Um because it's sanguinary. Don't know if it has the actual sanguinary keyword. I would
1: imagine that it does. Hopefully, well, so it I looks th- like a
0: very similar model. Think. Yeah, they all look a lot alike. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I brought my codex with me today, so that I can make sure we were getting everything right. So Okay, so it has to be a sanguinary guard unit. So let's double check and see. I don't think it has a sanguinary guard keyword. It does not. So okay. it does not So it does
1: get a regular three inch rogue because it is a character. Right. And then the you have this wonderful stratagem we talked about, which is or at least named earlier, where you could spend a command point and your opponent must put all of their attacks into a character. Correct. And if you map it out correctly and you prepare for this then you can basically make it to where they fight this character and that's when you pop in that five phase the armor indominus three up in mm-hmm. and then suddenly they've done nothing because right. they charged a unit that they thought they were going to at least somewhat efficiently trade into and now they're trying now now they're playing the game of three up in
0: right which is wild but you know
1: yeah, so I, I, I think there's a I think there's enough utility there to warrant the ninety points because trust me, there's a lot more Space Marine characters that people are using that they shouldn't that cost double. That oh, amount. absolutely. So. <laughs> like I keep having to talk to myself out of putting the Sanguinor in the list. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: in the troop slot, and this is the tax we're talking about. We have one unit of Assault Intercessors and then two units of Incursors. Another good way to take R and D. Um, and yep. then we have a Bladeguard veteran squad. So the Bladeguard veteran squad has five Bladeguard veterans. Um, then we have a Company Champion. And the Company Champion has a uh, Hero of the Chapter and the Imperium Sword. So break down this little 70-point character for
0: us. So I didn't realize until today it was 70 points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I feel like it's just a unit that's a cheap beat stick. Can trade on his own. Can trade and on his own. Small stuff. Yeah. Uh, you warn your opponent about it. Hey, look, this guy can do this. Then they worry about it and try to kill him. And you're like, cool. You didn't kill my 150 point Sanguard unit. You killed a 70 point single model instead. But I mean, it's so it's a company veteran, right? Company champion. Company champion. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it's built up just to be a beat stick, um, cheap beat stick that trades well. And then he's
1: given it the blade of triumph, which to me that's a that's a war gear option.
0: Mm, uh, maybe that sounds like it's something maybe because it, it usually has a so. Mastercrafted power uh, power sword. Right. I don't think that's a uh, war gear thing. I think that might be a relic from the base space marine book that I'm just not familiar with.
1: Okay, I'll let you look out for it, and I'll keep going through the list. We have the uh, a unit of five Death Company Marines with all with thunderhammers and jump packs, and then we have a unit of look at this one two three a unit of four Sanguinary Guard, uh, all with swords. I think
0: the four unit units of four are cute. Um, they go and trade well, but you really pull away for more if you are going for R and D and whatnot. If you are taking the units of four, obviously because You'd have to roll, what is it, less than a four? Yeah. So, or a four or lower. Well,
1: and then he has a unit of five, all with Power Fist, which is a, also extremely interesting.
0: It's interesting because you're just wounding everything in the game on twos, except for, like, knights. It'll be on threes. Right. But, I don't know. They are, you do have to pay for the Power Fist and Sanguinary Guard. Like, to be fair, Sweet Lou is doing a lot better than I am with Blood Angels. Yeah. So, if he has it figured out, good on him. I personally wouldn't have paid 25 points, because I think it's 5 points a piece for him. Um, I wouldn't be paying 25 points for power fists. I would just be putting more models in the army.
1: Well, speaking of more models, uh, he has a unit of not 1, not 2, not 3 of... Uh, Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten Vanguard veterans. Um, one with a uh, relic blade. The sergeant has relic blade and storm shield, and the rest have lightning claw storm shields. So why why in any world would you bring the storm
0: shields now that we have armor of content? Place <sighs> like it. <said>, Sweetly's <laughs> doing a lot better than me. Um, I mean, it still puts you at a two up save. Uh, you still do get a 4-up Um Is it just the
1: way of saying, like, nothing's ever going to touch this unit?
0: I think so. Um, because, I mean, even with a 2-up save, I've come into some instances where it's, like, a 5-up or something on my Sanguinary Guard. Um, me, personally, I think I'd want more Sanguinary Guard. But there are um, armies out there that you're going to want. Flat fly one damage instead of the bigger shots and stuff yeah. yeah i think there is a world where you just want tons of attacks over the more durability of the uh or more larger shots of the sanguinary guard yeah i think they're comparable to the sanguinary guard
1: yeah for, for sure.
0: a specific role well
1: and like, talk about a unit until they get there that can r&d for you i mean that's right
0: <laughs> well i mean I'll, at least the way I used to play them, because I'd played 10 Vanguard Vets back in the day, too, before all the buffs and everything. Yeah. Um, and I would always, I would normally end up combat squatting them. Okay. Because I feel like, because it's, what, 300 points for the unit? Um, 307. Yeah, 307 points. That's a lot of points to be sticking in one spot.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, Maliceptors eat these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they don't even, like, directly target them. They're just like, ah, oh, three mortals, three mortals. Yeah, they're just mortals. around,
0: and they just die to Malice up there. So it's like, I don't know. I think their durability is comparable to Sanguinary Guard. So that's kind of just fine. Um, and then you do just want the number of attacks opposed to the Sanguinary Guard. That's fair. Yeah. Um,
1: Next we have a unit of five devastators with an armorium cherub. All the devastators only have graph cannons. Yeah. Um, so that's gonna be the the high
0: AP one damage, right? High AP one damage, it's two damage if your save is three or better, I believe. Yeah.
1: It's something like that. Yeah, so if you're like shooting into other marines, right. why not? It's exactly where it's a high AP and two right. damage. Yeah. And then he uh, to top it all off, he has a whirlwind. So, uh, talk to us about the um, the whirlwind real quick. So, why why in any world would you take a whirlwind?
0: So, I was really off of the whirlwind because of the line of sight changes, but I found out that you can just put the uh, gun on it that has two d six shots, and you're just fine. Um, so, you're specifically taking it for the stratagem that. Uh, I'm terrible with stratagem names. I should probably be better about it. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Space Marines specifically have a stratagem. Whenever you target a unit with a whirlwind with a weapon that has blast, so you can't do it with your storm bolters. It has to be with a little top gun. Um, you can turn off... If it hits, you turn off their overwatch. You... Uh, they fight last, and there's always a third bullet point that I never remember because it just almost never comes up. Um, I guess I can look that one up too because I already <laughs> admitted that my codex is right here. Um, but it's really strong, especially into, one, shooting armies because of obviously turning off Overwatch. You're going to want to do that as much as possible. So, uh, while you're
1: looking for that, I actually found the, uh, the Blade of Triumph for the Company Champion. Okay, what is it? Because I found the Burning Blade. I didn't find the Blade of Triumph. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a Company Champion-specific relic. Okay. So, uh, a normal of Power Sword is plus one strength, minus three AP two damage. Mm-hmm. The Blade of Triumph is plus three strength, minus three AP three
0: damage. That's kind of cute for a 70-point model. Out that has base five attacks. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really oh, man. good. Company champions have base five attacks? Yeah. I've just never played with this model. Yeah,
1: dude, <laughs> company champion, yeah, get on you, sweet Lulu. This looks like the truth. Yeah. <laughs> like, that,
0: that's actually really For sick. seventy points? I, really I don't think like there's anything that.
1: cheaper in the Space Marine Codex. <laughs> like I mean scout squads, but like they're yeah. not doing that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Servitors. That's wild. Okay, we're in the, finally in the right area because I also just hate the way that uh GW, GW structures sets, their yeah. books, yeah. It's ridiculous. Okay, so for the so the whirlwind strat is suppression fire. It is use the stratagem in your shooting phase when a whirlwind model from your army is selected to shoot till the end of the phase. Each time that model makes an attack with a weapon with that has the blast ability, so like I said, you can only do it with the top gun. None of its other guns have blast. Um, if a hit is scored, so it only has to hit, doesn't have to wound, then until the start of your next turn, the target cannot fire overwatch, set to defend. That was the third bullet point. Yeah. Because they're normally dead by the time that matters. <laughs> Uh, because, I mean, they can't overwatch, so, I mean, they're not holding steady, so... <laughs> right, so
1: the whirlwind, even though, like, no line of sight shooting is not as great since the FAQ and and all that, uh, the whirlwind is really, and has always been used more so as a tech piece. Right? Yeah. It's to unlock the strat. It's just
0: always been to unlock the strat.
1: Yeah, and no no overwatch is a very... it. <clears throat> it's a thing that, like dark harlequins just do like that's their one cp strap for being dark yeah like space marines are willing to pay like a heavy support slot x amount of points oh, yeah. and then a command point every
0: turn to <laughs> just to do this you know yeah so i've never actually looked at the points on the whirlwind because i've never I think it's a 135 i believe it is 135 125 is it 125 yep oh yeah because it for some reason uh Battle Scribe, if you put it in your list, it starts off with the um, 10 point cost launcher instead of the free one. Yeah. So I always see it as 135 first. So I don't know why that sticks in my head. But what do you think about
1: uh, Sweet Lou's list here? Like I said, he's obviously been having success about it, Our success with it. I like the Devastators, I think they're a very direct response right. to uh, other Armor of Contempt armies. Yeah. And that's kind of the game plan you're looking to. To attack or at least have to lay into
0: you. So that's kind of the journey that I've been personally going through as a Blood Angels player. Like, trying to find a shooting platform that isn't crazy expensive and does the job it needs to do. Shoot things off the center, which Grav Cannons do that pretty well. Yeah. Um... And they're only 135
1: points so they're yeah. much cheaper than a redemptor.
0: Cheaper than a redemptor, definitely cheaper than plasma inceptors.
1: Yeah, that are but just going to kill themselves anyways. Yeah.
0: Ah. <laughs> Sometimes that's an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, they do the job they need to do. Um, they shoot something off of a center objective. That way you don't have to dedicate one of your melee units to go take something off that objective.
1: Yeah. I like it, and I think that you've touched on a good point already, which is that, like, A, I do think he's a little light on Sanguinary Guard. Um, But I think that the biggest journey and the biggest question Mm -hmm. is, how do I have a shooting platform? Because if you're just going to play the, like, keep away at parity game... Mm Mm-hmm then, like, you're... That's not a game that Blood Angels... Even though you have movement, you're still hyper-elite, so you don't have, like... They can just pick you off over time. Right. So you need something that actually, like, threatens stuff that point uh pokes its head out, because playing around charges is kind
0: of much too easy. Right. So... That is one thing as a melee-focused army in general, is you are very susceptible to counterplay. Um... People can definitely just avoid you and play the shooting game all game. And then, lo and behold, you find out you couldn't grind because they kept just outside of 12 of your charge the whole game. Yeah. So, it's definitely something that, like I said, I've been on a journey myself about. And I'm starting to realize, like, I don't know how much you actually need a shooting platform necessarily. I'm trying, I think part of my journey is going to lead me on how much I can cut for a shooting platform. (laughs) Like, what's the smallest shooting platform I can possibly take? Yeah,
1: I I could definitely see that. And I'm kind of of that impression, too. Like, if you could just have more punch, especially if people keep using, like, GW boards like Mm -hmm. we use at the store, then, like, there's enough places to hide. What if I just have more MSU? Yeah.
0: What if I have more MSU? What if I go ahead and just play more chaff units like a land speeder storm and a scout unit? Like you go out, set the land speeder storm, or just set the land speeder storm behind a building and then disembark after moving. Scout squad just sits on a point. And then like your land speeder storm can just be a menace later. Just like charging into things so you think people can't overwatch or stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Or even a second, it acts also as a second chaff unit that you also, after they kill the scout squad, cool, now I have the Landspeeder Storm there. Now you have to dedicate things to this other chaff unit. So I had pulled out, uh, the next list I
1: pulled out here was Alejandro Lopez's list. So this is from the Andorra GT, which uh, ended up having s- somewhere around 75 people this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alejandro, congratulations, finished fifth. So Very nice. Yeah, super awesome finish. And uh, I already had to look something up. So let's <laughs> <laughs> let's start it. We have another battalion here. Uh, we have uh, in the first HQ slot, Astarath. And I had to look up why even remotely take Astarath. And now that I'm looking at it, uh, I think that I wasn't super impressed by him. I'll have to take a second look at him. But well, I was gonna say now that I'm looking at it, I would have to say that this person very much so just enjoys lore, because oh, for okay. the points value, <laughs> I am I'm not super into this as a pick, but it is very cute. Um, and it's definitely I feel like people are gonna ask you constantly what it does, and your answer can just be nothing, and you're technically
0: correct. So. <laughs> massive doom oh is this just like a litany that has not the same effect every turn yeah oh God I hate these one model and destroyed each time a model in that unit makes at one to the attack's hit roll
1: yeah it's on bad ability so you'd also have through a two through five you can add uh... add
0: one to the hits.
1: So basically, if something, if you roll a one, if something died, everything else gets plus one hit.
0: No, no. If you roll a one, it destroys one of your models.
1: Oh. Oh, that's not good. Oh, God. (laughs) And then a six is models in that unit have a four up envelope, and each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack, you get to add one to the hit roll.
0: Like, you just pray you don't roll a wand the whole time, right?
1: So, it comes based with the Soul Warden uh, Warlord trait, but he, uh, it is, he does not have a Warlord trait on it. Okay. In his in his list.
0: Um, right, so he didn't make it a, uh, what is it, Hero of the Chapter or whatever? No. Okay, so it doesn't have a Warlord. So it doesn't have the... He does have uh, Dante as
1: his Warlord. Okay. And then he has a sanguinary priest with the, uh, and it is the chief apothecary, selfless healer, uh, and then it has teeth of Terra.
0: So I really think it's cute when people put teeth of Terra on the sang priest because. What does that do, and why is it cute? So it replaces the chainsword. I believe it's more strength. I know it's more AP, and instead of one additional attack, it's D three additional attacks. Okay. So, it, it's an upgraded chainsword, which that's what the Saint Priest has. So, it does make him a little bit of a beat stick for the late game. Um, I still don't think you want to be sticking him out like that unless you absolutely have to. Man,
1: Space Marine characters are so expensive. <laughs> I'm yeah. not like looking at lists. I'm like, this Sanguinary Priest costs 155 points? Why? Well, because
0: Jump Pack's 30, I believe, 30 or 35 points on it. Cheese, And then the um, uh, upgrade to make him the uh, Chief Apothecary is like 35 points as well.
1: Yeah, remember when it was like five at the beginning of the edition? Oh, yeah. Was... And they were like, wow, this was a mistake. Why did we do this? Yeah. Remember when people could re res uh, Invader ATVs? Oh, man, the good old
0: days. Yeah,
1: what a time to be alive. Like, the only time Invader ATVs saw play. Oh, so it's not D3
0: extra attacks. It's just flat 3 extra attacks. Oh, that's sweet. So normally chainswords are strength user, AP minus 1, 1 damage, and then give you one additional attack. Teeth of Terror, which in my opinion is one of the better relics in the book, actually. Like, if you're not taking Armor Indominus or anything like that, then Teeth of Terror is actually something to think about. So it's strength plus 1. Which brings him up to strength 5, which in Blood Angels with a plus 1 to wound is a pretty big breakpoint. Um, AP minus 2 instead of AP minus 1 in Assault Doctrine, that's AP minus 3. Flat 2 damage with 3 extra attacks. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah,
1: that's, it just turns them into a, like a little mobile... He could actually clean something up on his own if he had to. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, I've had to use the Saint Priest, like, towards the end game. Because you normally keep them pretty protected. And then, like, sometimes you just have that one unit that has, like, one or two dudes left in it. And the Saint Priest has to go clean them up. This makes it where he can just pick up a whole unit if he had to. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so, in the troop slot,
1: we have two units of Assault Intercessors and then an Infiltrator Squad. So instead of one uh, in lose list, we had seen one Assault Intercessor squad and two Incursor squads. Mm -hmm. Uh, This player has opted for two Assault Intercessor and one Infiltrator squads. Um, We have the uh, all Thunderhammer five-man unit of Death Company Marines. Oh, yeah. We have a uh, Gatling Redemptor Dreadnought. Which, that's
0: interesting so yeah,
1: wait with elves running around I think it
0: it's actually pretty cute so I had to build a redemptor and like as I was putting it together I was about to glue the plasma on and I was like no I gotta get magnets for this just in case <laughs> yeah
1: I I could see an argument depending on the meta game for either or absolutely uh, and then we have a unit of sanguinary guard with swords uh, actually this unit is mixed so this unit has um, this unit has three Inferno pistols to two bolt guns. And then this unit also has two axes to three swords.
0: So I'm going to double check and make sure the Inferno pistol is what I think it is. It's because a melted it, pistol. It's like a Harlequin yeah. melted pistol. Okay. That's yeah. what I thought. Because Dante has one automatically. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. And then the uh, there's another
1: unit of five sanguinary guard, which has the... Um, it's... What it's three inferno pistols to two bolt guns, and then oh the same thing two axes to three swords, and then uh, we have another one that only has what what are yeah the it's inferno? kitted out the same way.
0: What are the inferno pistols on? Are they on the axes or on the swords? Um, the inferno
1: I mixed. Oh, that feels so weird. <laughs> it, it is very it's it's very odd. Um, maybe they have a hard like, by model rule at yeah. this event. Like, I
0: don't know. Sorry, yeah.
1: man, you glued it on there, like. Yeah. Um, and then we have a
0: three-man Eradicator squad. Okay. Yeah. I I can kind of dig the Eradicators. So, Eradicators have been up there with for me in the way of, like, what my shooting platform is going to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, it's been between Devastators, Eradicators the dreadnought and inceptors i've already tried the inceptors and dreadnought um do you or, feel like this player is a little heavy-handed by going redemptor dreadnought and i think so
1: i mean yeah it's that, a lot that's of a, points and like
0: 350 points yeah it's a lot of points in shooting i can't say much because i spent 300 points in inceptors at one point but yeah uh, you know
1: well so <clears throat> speaking of shooting I purposely had omitted a unit because this person is playing a Death Company Dreadnought. And I wanted to go over that one last because I had to look at it. Uh, so the Death Company Dreadnought is very cool. It, he has double heavy flamers on it, which in the um, uh, in turn one, if you I guess if someone's thinking about charging you, they shouldn't.
0: Because um, they are heavy. Oh, that's really cute. So I just remembered. So... I think it'd be cute to play this Ooh. over the Redemptor. I don't think playing both is correct, Yeah, but that's my personal opinion. Um, because Death Company have a natural 6-up Feel No Pain, and you can spend 1 CP to have put it up to 5-up Feel No Pain.
1: Oh, that's cool. As long <laughs> as they have the Death Company keyword. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Uh,
0: man, I don't remember. Does the Death Company Dreadnought have minus 1 damage like the Redemptor does, or no? I'm
1: not sure
0: on it that. Would it right be right an ability? It. Yeah, I'd say yes, it right Yes, they do. Me. Duty Eternal. <laughs> oh, man. So, the Death Company That's Dreadnought, cute.
1: also in this person's list, has Blood Talons as its combat weapons. Um, the Blood Talons, I had to look this one up, is a 5-point upgrade over the Furioso Fist. The Furioso Fist is times 2 strength, so it goes to strength 12, minus 3 AP, 3 damage. The Blood Talons are plus 4 strength, so they go strength 10, which in Blood Angels is... The it's, same thing. Yeah. Because you're going to then wound on twos, even if something, right. you're somehow wounding something on, like, I mean, or you're going to wound a lot like, of things on threes going to twos. Yeah. Unless something's it's just like. Someone's big dumb, like, Forge World tiradead that they yeah. brought out or something. I don't even know if any of those have that. Yeah.
0: Well, it's just like if something's held me in combat or something like that. But if I'm charging or was charged, I'm going to be winning on twos. Well, this guy's
1: going to clean him up because he starts base with five attacks. The Blood Talons are only minus two AP instead of minus three. But what they are is damage three, just like the fist. And every time you make an attack with this weapon, you get to reroll all wins. Yeah. And so it's just that extra bit of, like, I'm going to wound you on to rerolling ones. Right. Oh, and is it core? Um, Is it core? No, it is not. Okay. So you can't give it reroll hits. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he does he does get to reroll his own wounds. So
0: yeah. I, uh, I was just thinking in a world where you, like, sit Dante next to him, and Dante's just like, all right, you're rerolling your hits and wounds today, and you just get, like, a mini Trajan boost kind of thing going.
1: So... Going through this list, I am uh, not a big fan of Asterath, but like if you own it, play it, and that's some people's only criteria yeah. for playing models. Sometimes, <laughs>
0: like sometimes people just enjoy models too. Yeah, and I mean to be fair, this guy's doing a lot better at events than I am. So yeah, you and I both. And then the, <laughs> um, and then
1: I I know you like infiltrators. I think incursors accomplish a better secondary game plan,
0: and just a better game plan in general. So the reason I like infiltrators better is I found out it's not about the forward deploying with Infiltrators. It's about being able to send more of your army forward because you have that 12-inch screen instead of a 9-inch screen. That extra 3 inches, especially whenever you have two units of them, you just create this 24-inch area of you can't come here, you know?
1: Well, in my opinion, is forward deploy, score your points, and just take your opponent's home objective. Who cares about yours? Right.
0: <laughs> I mean, not all of us can be orcs, you know? <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, you could be for the right price. Oh. Um, I love the Death Company Dreadnought. I actually love it. I don't know that it's good. I think it's, it's cute. It's only 150 points, so it's like 45 points cheaper than a Redemptor.
0: Right. right. Like I said, I think it's cute. I think it could have play. It's definitely something that I think goes to the midboard and just lives in the midboard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, flamers and everything. He's kitted this thing out to
0: just exist somewhere. Right, so all the kit out, and then once you start looking at its base stats, it's minus one damage, and has a natural six-up feel-no-pain. You're just playing Custodes. You're playing a Custodes Dreadnought at this point. Like, it doesn't have an invuln, but, like, who cares? Yeah. It probably still gets Armor of Contempt.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, if, if... If, like, doggos get Armor of Contempt, then, like, this guy gets Armor of Contempt. Right. (laughs) Um, We also
0: have... Like, custodies don't get Armor of Contempt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure their Achilles Dreadnought would love that. So,
1: will you look up Forlorn Fury for me? Can you Forlorn Fury this bad boy?
0: Uh, I believe so. I think it might be more CP if you do it on a Dreadnought. I think it might be two CP instead of one CP if it's on a Dread. But we can look right now. And I'm not gonna flip right to, oh, I did. Okay, yeah, so it's two CP for a Dreadnought, one CP for everything else. Uh, So yes, you can Forlorn Fury the Dreadnought.
1: Okay, I mean there there is a world where the like on the quarter boards and stuff, like you were saying, the center objectives are just so close yep. that you don't have to dedicate anything but this guy, and he's like pretty unruly to shift actually.
0: Yeah. So I I, I could definitely see that. I think it, it's a cute pick. It sure. is cute too. If like you set up, you get first turn. Just imagine this: you get first turn, you move this guy up into the mid board and then you just station the rest of your army behind buildings in the midboard. Yeah, and then you're like, "Okay, you want to shift this dreadnought? You're going to have to peek a lot of things to shift this dreadnought." I think that as far as Alejandro's
1: list goes, I, the only thing is I think that like <clears throat> at a certain point you've got the inferno pistols that you've you've kitted out on on most of the Sanguinary guard. You have eradicators, you have The uh, Redemptor Dreadnought. You have this Death Company Dreadnought. Like, at what Mm -hmm. point do you draw the line on the shooting platforms? So... Because I, I will say, your Eradicators don't, like, not fight against certain things. Because your Blood Angels, like, your
0: shooting platforms also just slap. Right. So, that is a thing that I know we've discussed before. It's, like, how much or how little shooting platform do you want? Because... You could just be a shooting armor army that fights better. I think the main issue with that uh, train of thought, though, is like think about everything that you just said. That's a shooting platform. It's super expensive. Yeah. Like yeah, the Inferno pistols. Like yeah, some cool. of these
1: assault units are just cheaper.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like you just play base Sangard and everything, and like cool, somebody brings three of the. Um, What are they called? The uh, Alpha Necrons. They you can only do three wounds to them a phase. Oh,
1: Catan shards.
0: Yeah, cool. They bring three Catan shards. You feel bad about that, but who's bringing three Catan shards?
1: They would legitimately have to take triple patrol to do that. Yeah, because you can only take
0: one Bird attachment. That's what I'm saying. That would be so deep. (laughs) If that's so much CP. Yeah, so, so many like, points. if you get the bad luck round one, that's your opponent. Then like, cool, you just feel bad, but then you just kill the rest of their army, and they don't have an army to play with. <laughs> um,
1: again, big congratulations to Alejandro. We're just going through these lists to explain to you like your options when it comes to oh, absolutely, Blood Angels have this like, like we said, the core that we've already seen, and you're about to see it in Stephen Box's list. Yeah, it's there's there's this repetitive core. And then it's backed up by these different choices, and we're seeing these people do functionally. All three of them do well. Mm -hmm. Some of them do better than others with these different choices they've chosen. Right.
0: And a lot of these choices could just boil down to player preferences. Yeah. I, I think, honestly, you could ask any of the players. They would boil, except for the core, because I think it's been unanimously agreed on what the core of the army is. Yeah. Um. All these little choices are just preferences. I mean... Absolutely. So I'm going to dive us into
1: Steven Box's list here, which is... Uh, Steven Box just got third at the Bay Area Open, which was one of the big frontline gaming events. Yep. So player place terrain, that's something to keep in mind when
0: we hear this list. Is something that... Which is wild to me, because I always think that Blood Angels are... Almost more at a disadvantage of player, player place terrain. Like, you have to be really good at player place terrain to do that well with Blood Angels. Exactly. And, in, <laughs> well,
1: in player place terrain, I think uh, favors a higher skill curve. Than, Absolutely. Than, you know, just regular set terrain. So, in his list, we have another battalion. So, already, if you're a Blood Angels player, you're probably looking at making a battalion. Nine mm-hmm. times out of ten. We have uh, Commander Dante. And he is, again, the Warlord. Um, we have a Sanguinary Priest with the... Um, and this is... Uh, the Sanguinary Priest has Rites of War in Visage of Death.
0: Which one's that one for us, Visage Brandon? of Death. I think that allows a character that's not Death Company to have a death vision once per game. I believe. Oh, um, man. We're getting into, like, deep rules. Oh, man. So, I don't play enough Death Company characters to even know what the death visions are, honestly. But we can definitely look this relic up if I can flip to the right page. I said, <laughs> GW, please, 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 please start doing things better. Uh, oh, okay. I remember this one. So, <laughs> so this is what... Uh, Whenever I first started playing Blood Angels in 9th edition, I had thought of pairing this with um, the. Oh, shoot, what is it? The uh, Warlord trait that gives out uh, rights of war.
1: Yeah, that's what he has it with.
0: Yeah, so each time a melee attack is made against this unit, subtract one from the hit roll. So the bear gains the following ability Visage of Death Aura. While an enemy unit is within three of this model, it loses the objective secured ability.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, so he just exists to flip objectives.
0: Absolutely. That's yeah, so he runs cute. around with his jump pack <laughs> just flipping objectives and That's really cute, I like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and again, this is this is the kind of thing I actually have this on my death jester currently. Uh, a very similar style of kit kit out. Mm-hmm. Because it's just it's just good. You I just run with a unit of troops rally. and then just like flipping objective. I am um, like flashbacks from the past now. <laughs> <laughs> In the troop slot, uh, so he only has two HQs. Uh, most notably, what we have not heard is Chaplain on bike.
0: Yeah, so I think I think the reason for that is a lot of the armies right now. You're just not wanting a single model to go out. And they're you know,
1: going to mortal him out of existence.
0: Right. So like immediately. They're going to mortal him out of existence, or you're just not playing against giant storm surges and knights as much. Yeah. Like, we might see an increase back now that knights got their new codex, but I doubt it because Even I mean, then, there's tons of ways to deal yeah. with that stuff. I feel like you're just almost better off taking them out of the list, because this is something we were talking about pre-podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about dropping mine out of my list and maybe popping the librarian in his place. Because, sure, the chaplain on bike goes and does its own solo thing, but it'd be nice to have that extra HQ spot or that extra, what is he, 135 points?
1: Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, he went up in points with the last update. So, yep. I mean, it's. It's definitely a ubiquitous model that now, you know, now, now we're seeing none of these top lists have. Yep. Um Charlie Slap
0: on Rest in Peace. <laughs> yep.
1: We have um th- three troops. We have an Assault Intercessor Squad and Double Incursor Squad. So yep. there's a repeat for us. That's an exact repeat from Sweet Lou.
0: Yep.
1: Um and then in the elite slot, we have uh we have the good old guarantee, which is the Death Company Marines. He has four with Thunderhammers, and one with the Astartes Chainsword. So why would we do that, Brandon? So
0: I love this. <laughs> I had to ask somebody about this, and I love their answer. Yeah, your first like big event at Dallas. Yeah, it was a year ago in Dallas. Yeah. Um, so you take the one with Chainsword, because if you're Overwatched on, that's the one that dies.
1: Yeah, so he's the one you string back for all those buffs you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And then he's the one that, the, for just the one you pull. Because statistically in Overwatch, like, they're probably just going to kill
0: one Marine right. at best. Unless you're my sister's opponent from Dallas this last time and you pop, like, three. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, then he has a Sanguinary Ancient
1: with, uh, f- f- you know, just flexing by putting it in the elite spot. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Sanguinary Ancient, this is where his Soul Warden is. And then uh, Soul Warden, Wrath of Ball. Yep. And then we have... Ooh, Wrath of eight.
0: Ball is sweet, too. <laughs> yeah? What does that one do? So it gives you plus two move, advance, or fall back, for all jump pack units within six of them. Nice. Yeah, so that little bubble I was talking about earlier with your death company, that's how you get that 14-inch move after you move your 12 inches the first time. And then we have a unit of uh, three
1: units of Sanguinary Guard, all kitted out the same way, just with swords and bolt guns. Yep. Um, seven in each squad, and then we have an assault squad that has a sergeant with a lightning claw, and then the rest of the guys just with chain swords, just a regular assault squad. Um, How many points is the assault squad? The assault squad's one
0: hundred and twenty-five. Huh? I don't know, man. <laughs> It's very interesting. It's uh, interesting. Like,
1: if I could ask him why, then I would. <laughs> I And I'm sure he'd give you the nicest, most British answer. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so they get, they can take a jump pack, which he has on them.
0: Okay. That is true. So I could see it. I mean, same reason you would take Van, van Vets, right?
1: Yeah. Um, And then the spice, so we talked about these kind of shooting platforms (laughs) or positioning platforms in the other list.
0: Oh, I love this one.
1: Yeah, so the spice in Mr. Box's list is we have a squad of not one, not two, not three, which is the minimum for the regular squad, five Centurion Assault, (laughs) or Assault Centurions. Yep. And for anyone that doesn't know, Assault Centurions are, uh, they have five movement. They have three attack space, four for the sergeant. Um, he has them kitted out with double flamers. So that's for a unit of five, that's going to be 10 D6 auto hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, at string four, no AP, one damage, AP if you're in tactical. And then they have the siege drills. So I'm going to break this down for y'all, and Brandon can correct me uh, on the math. But yeah. I, I'm going to do some some quick math here. If you are in the Assault Doctrine. Okay then you are, because of Shock Assault and then getting just plus one attack for being an Assault Doctrine, Yeah, yeah, you're going to get six attacks for the Sergeant, and then you're going to get five attacks for every other dude. That's uh, 20 attacks plus six, so 26 attacks. Yes. Uh, Hitting on threes before any minuses or anything like that, because the Siege (laughs) Drills do not give you minuses.
0: You know what's crazy? With the Sang Ancient, I could be hitting on twos because he gives out plus one to hit in the command phase.
1: Oh, my gosh. So, potentially so hitting on twos with no minuses because it doesn't give you a minus. Correct. Times two strength. So, this is now a strength 10 combat weapon. Yes. So, you're wounding the game on twos. Everything on twos. Minus four AP, yes. which is more than ridiculously the sweet spot, and then flat three damage. Yeah. It's so many attacks. It's, oh, man. It's so many auto-hits. Like, against Xenos armies and stuff, the Flamers actually put in work. And I think that's what he's kind of teching towards.
0: Right. Well, because, like, you have all of the Eldari running around and stuff like that. Tyranids and and stuff like that.
1: Basically, their invulner is their save. Yep. Yeah.
0: I mean, I
1: like it. I like it a lot, too. I I think that... And look, it's like 310 points for these guys. What's their base save? They have a 3-up base save? Oh, sorry. I didn't get through the rest of their stat line. So their Strength 5 base. Yeah. Toughness 5.
0: Right. 4 wins a guy. Yep. Base save of a 2+. plus. So... These dudes are good! Right? So they don't have a Storm Shield, so they still get Armor of Contempt too, correct? Yes. That's insane. Assault Centurions, <laughs> dude! Because they have a 4-up invul? Huh? Because they have a 4-up invul? Do you... Uh, no, yeah. they don't have a 4-up Involve.
1: They don't have an invul? Okay. No. They don't have a built-in invul. And what they have a, what yeah. they have built in is
0: that they are infantry, so they benefit from terrain. In your player place sure. terrain. Sorry, I just thought you had said they had an invul. I was like, wow, this is insane. I need to buy some now. <laughs> well, no, they're but they're they're pretty but ridiculous, and they're if you're still
1: pretty strong, if I you're mean. crazy
0: enough to play six
1: of them, they actually also combat spots. so If yeah. you don't want to R and D with them, then you can just like separate them in the two yep. threes, and they just go around like crapping uh, on people. I don't think you R and D with these guys, like. I mean, you can first turn.
0: Yeah, first turn, yeah.
1: But it's... I mean, just don't roll six. <laughs> but I, I I, I, love these guys in this list. I think they fulfilled the role kind of like we were talking about. Like Against certain armies, they can shoot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But these guys are really just here to like... What I saw him doing a lot of time was like screening the rest of his army right. with them before he's ready to then just jump over them and go out and send yep. people out. Because these guys say, what are you going to do? Charge me? I have flamers. Even if you turn off Overwatch, I am toughness five, four wounds of base with armor yep. of contempt in a two-up save. They're, they're like, this is a real unit. And honestly, so for a squad of five, we're looking at 20
0: wounds? Yeah.
1: we're. I mean, they're just a knight for 300 points. Yep.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. But that's the thing, too. This is 300 points of your army that you're dedicating to five models, which... I've been in that position with Eradicators, Inceptors, like, I get it. Yeah. At this point, I'm just used to, if I want a shooting platform that's going to stick around, I'm going to be spending 300 points. <laughs>
1: well, so I, I, I hope someone's able to, if you can, post for us on uh, on the Reddit uh, comment thread of this podcast, or, like, Facebook, if you found the pod, wherever you found the podcast, put a comment in uh, if you know the answer, because Steven Box said that he was keeping a kill tally that he would release of how many units these guys took down. Oh man, I'd the, love to
0: see that. Yeah, and <laughs> I
1: I didn't I didn't get to hear the
0: number. Yeah,
1: of what it was at the, by the end of the event, but I know that going into the semifinals, he was smiling about it cuz it was already a very high number. Oh, man.
0: They, they seem <laughs> legitimate like
1: and you get like you get the plus one to charge and like yeah. there's there's just a non-zero amount of things well, there I that make
0: mean, them more efficient than the plus one to charge might as well be like minus three to charge because so I still never make my charges. <laughs> it's I I really
1: this is the only like spice in his list. He's found the points by not having too Correct. many characters, um, and then the rest of his list is centered around. And it seems like for this event at least, he was like, I'm just going to spend most of my thought process on making sure my half of the board is everywhere where I need the terrain. Yeah. And then, because of my movement and being these jump pack units, I can pivot from my half of the board better than most armies. Correct. So, as long as my half of the board has good coverage, I could care
0: less about what's on the other half of the board. And that's the thing. I think if you're playing a melee-focused army, to be fair, I think I've only played, like, one event so far that's actually player-placed. But I think you really want to get those... um, buildings so like the smaller buildings and stuff like that Yeah. on that center line like as far forward as you can because you can shift from the ruins in the back up to those buildings and position your whatever, sanguinary guard, death company whatever you're sending over there that moves 12 to 14 inches that way next turn you're set up you're like okay, they didn't shift this from the center, now we play leapfrog, send all this stuff over now we're good to go
1: well, and if you watch that semifinals game, like, Steven, Steven what he does with the terrain, because it's the quarter board, it's Death and Zeal. Right. Because um, Frontline just it's mad and just plays all the events, all the missions in a row. Yeah. Because they do nine-round events. That's and a- <laughs> Well, after the sixth round, he cuts the top eight, so, like, most people just do six rounds. Right. Um I'm interested to see, because Lone Star is taking a bunch of people. As side note, Lone Star is going to have a bunch of participants, and it's one of their first events that they're doing that is only six rounds.
0: Which means okay. that
1: every round you probably need to score reasonably high. Right. Um, so I'll be, yeah, just a little tidbit, if you're going to Lone Star, build that into your list, just the ability to just score points. Right. Like, like you're, you cannot lose, or you need to make sure you don't lose, which is always the thing we're trying to do. But you also need to make sure that, like, your average points is no brainer is like 90. Yeah. <laughs> like this is kind of like the London GT where it was like, everybody had to get a perfect 100 just to top four, Right. <laughs> like every single round. Cause they had like 400 participants. Um, but I, I, if you look at the way he deployed his terrain, he had pivot points or what I would call our pivot points. Mm-hmm. So he had his furthest uh, in the quarter, the closest quarter to him. Yeah. That's on his half of the board. He had a ruin just like smack dab in front of it. Yep. He had a ru- another smaller ruin, turned sideways, mm-hmm. um, so that like his it, it looked as though like his opponent could potentially hide behind it. Mm-hmm. But it was also just this like it wasn't sized out, and it honestly I think it was to place it because it would have been otherwise in the way because of the the way you have to place parameters Correct. wise. And then he had one kind of halfway on his home objective and and angled towards the center. Mm -hmm. And then he had one basically at the center. And so you can hide these things back here when you deploy, and move them
0: up. Yeah, you just keep
1: leapfrogging over terrain pieces that continue to hide you Mm -hmm. until, like I said, you get to the middle, and then you're like, cool, now my threat radius is the board. Once I'm at the middle, my threat radius is the board. Right. Uh, at least the rest of the board.
0: Yeah, that's that's something I had to realize back when I was playing Custodes pre, pre-nerf. Yeah. And I would do that all the time with uh, GW terrain. It's like, okay, these bikes are going to sit behind these two buildings in the center. Mm-hmm. And now you want to try to shift anything in the army, you can try. And cool, you didn't kill the bikes. Now they're coming for you because I can just go wherever I want
1: yeah for sure i like his list a lot uh steven congratulations because uh third at any frontline event is basically like getting first at any other event so right.
0: that's insane <laughs> yeah
1: that's a really good i'm, I'm glad you're able to come uh, across the pond as it were to, yep. to you know do super well uh you and uh michael costello god uh is another vanguard tactics guy that came over with you and he got second so that's y'all awesome. y'all are awesome <laughs> like yeah. just keep being good at the game um yep. I, so, I think that the thing I wanted to discuss, because we discussed what is not the core so much, I think the core is easily, and uh, if, if you're looking to get into Blood Angels, you're already a Blood Angels player and you're just trying to figure out how to make a list, you're going to start with Dante, because I think
0: Dante just does a lot for what he is. So, the reason I have Dante in there, I used to play a um, Chapter Master. Yeah. With a uh, Thunder Hammer. Because that was like one of the things that could get close to slapping as hard as Dante does. Mm. Which Dante slaps reasonably. I mean, if you have Sweet Lou, you just take a company champion. Right. <laughs> that, that is super spicy. And I yeah. might have to look at seeing, <laughs> finding 70 points in my list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the only thing is I got to cut an elite slot. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but chewer was I, I got <laughs> Dante awed. I got got sidetracked by the company <laughs> champion <laughs> um, so Dante slaps reasonably but uh, he was 5 points less than the chapter master that I was taking for the chapter master re-rolls and to slap reasonably so <laughs> Yeah. It was just cheaper than the thing I was trying to achieve anyway. Yeah, you're space marines, and you just don't have a lot of ways to do the things
1: that he can do uh, that are reasonably cheap. So if you could save five points, just save your five points. And if you make
0: him your warlord, you get a CP back.
1: Yeah. We also have, um, so we have for sure a sanguinary Priest. Absolutely. Right? you got to run the Sanguinary Priest. You are playing a hyper-elite army, so any sort yep. of efficiency you can
0: have on getting back high-pointed models feels very good. Absolutely. He used to always sit right next to my Inceptors constantly.
1: Can you raise our uh, res assault Centurions?
0: Oh, I don't know. Are they
1: infantry? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh,
0: <and> then... <laughs> they get a 6-up note pain from your sang Priest, too.
1: Yikes. And then... Uh,
0: <laughs> Wow, and they're almost like to the wounds count Oof. to basically always make one before one dies. Yeah.
1: Um, and then and then uh, a Sanguinary Ancient, you, you're pretty much at least one, right?
0: Uh, I think it's correct, um, especially with the ability to put Wrath of Ball and really just cement that whole, okay, I'm in the center, now I can go wherever. It also just sometimes gets you further into the center and shortens your charges, which, like I said, I'm terrible at passing charges. So anytime I can just get an easy 3-inch charge, I'm going to take it. Yeah. So
1: I think you want, uh, from what we, we've seen, I think you want an Assault Intercessor squad. At least one.
0: Yeah. Um, I've definitely found Assault Intercessors just sometimes find their way into the center killing other chaff units. Yeah. And they do really well at it. Like, do
1: better in Blood Angels at it than any other. Aura, oh, Absolutely. Right? Um, and then it looks like you want either
0: infiltrators or incursors. Yes. So I personally like the double infiltr. I'm currently playing double infiltrators. It seems a lot like of points. Hmm. It's a lot of points. It is. Is 280 points? Yeah. Or 240. Something like that. Anyways, I believe it's 250. Uh, I think they're 125 apiece. Are they 125? I thought they were 120. They might be. It's a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, I have it right here because it's I much always, more than uh, I pay than I pay for Harlequin. Yeah, it's one twenty. <laughs> well, I mean, with your upgraded swords and everything, that's pretty much an assault intercessor squad. But, yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we're just paying the taxes. Uh, so I currently play two infiltrator squads. So you can spend an extra ten points to give them the Helix Gauntlet. Yeah. Um, most of the time I only do that if I just have 10 to 20 points sitting around yeah Um, but I personally like the infiltrators because I like to screen my backfield with them to where I'm not having to dedicate anything else because I feel a lot of everything else in the army is wanting to move up yeah and I just it's a hyper elite army I can't afford my sanguinary guard to be screening out somebody's deep strike in the back
1: well, and I think that um, I think that swords on Sanguinary Guard are back in fashion. I think we're looking
0: at definitely two units, maybe definitely three. If you can I, fit them, I think three. Like if you don't have too many preferences that get in the way of you taking three, I think you take minimum three. Um, anywhere between. I think if five and up is the sweet spot, yeah. I feel like that's where you're killing almost anything in the game. And I think that's where you want to be with a unit that's going to cost you, what is it, 160 points. So. Yeah,
1: I mean, the, they I've seen it. They pretty much trade into anything. They have that 2-up save, so armor contempt feels great. Yeah. Um, and then 5-Death Company. If yeah. you are taking a... I think Definitely a jump axe. Yeah, I think that if you are taking a whirlwind then you just go, like Brandon said, you just go all hammers.
0: Yeah, unless you need the points, then... I think that
1: when it comes to the sword play, it depends on... Because Steven was playing this game plan of, like, I need to be able to pivot from exposed to anywhere on the board. Correct. Because I I have no control over how you do your terrain on your side of the board. Mm Mm-hmm then I think that he is correct in the way that he kitted them out with having the one with the chainsword and not having a whirlwind.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Um, having more units is always kind of nice. So, like, if I were to drop the whirlwind, I would probably drop the blast thunder hammer as well and put a chainsword. Yeah. Because uh, that's how I played them previously anyway. Yeah. Um, it's also something to consider if you're play style is to where you're charging three to four units per turn then maybe you go ahead and put the chainsword on the last guy just so you turn off overwatch on one unit but then you're running your death company into a different unit you know
1: yeah, and I think past that, I mean, you just you play whatever you feel like is tuned for the event that you're going to. Yeah. Right? I think that's the biggest lesson because we don't know what the the terrain in Andorra looked like. Uh, we don't know. I, I mean, we know what Alamo and Dallas looked like, you and I personally. Right. Um, versus then player place terrain, which you could tell Stephen Kitted his, his list out for. So I think that... Blood Angels, like most armies, should look at the... The players should look at the event and be like... And the metagame mm-hmm. and see what they tools they feel like they need to perform at that event, that metagame. And you're going to have to change it each time. I, you're, There's no world where, like... Yeah, you know, like with Harlequins, I have five data sheets, and I, I own all the models, so I could just like play them as whatever. Right. Yeah, you're not afforded that same luxury, and you may need to change your list
0: on a week-by-week basis. Yeah. Well, and see, that's the hard thing with Space Marines, too, and that comes down to sometimes where it's like, it depends what models you own, because, man, this Space Marine book has like a third of it is data sheets. Yeah, absolutely. Like being Having to pick and choose what you buy... Because, I mean... Well, and that's not to mention you're, you're also, like, holding another book that
1: is a right. supplement that comes with more data sheets. With more data sheets. Right.
0: Yeah. So it's, like, you're limited, like, I don't know about everybody else. Everybody else has different financial situations. But I'm limited to what I get to play by how much money I have sitting around. Yeah. Like, if I think a unit's cool and I just want to buy that unit cool i need to be able to play that unit at some point because otherwise i just spent what 60 dollars on a box of plastic yeah yeah well
1: and I, I i'm i'm just saying my personal like brandon and i were talking about this before a couple weeks ago um i think blood angel players if you're out there give another look to the invictor tactical warsuit <laughs> all right just do it for me you don't have I think to play it's really it cute yeah you don't have to play it I think it's it's there. It exists. It's like the multi-melted attack bike, the invader ATV. All these different I've tried things. them all. <laughs> yeah, all these different things that like like Brandon said, he's on this journey to like. Where, what fills out the rest of these points and so he's going to buy the rest of the space marine yeah just <laughs> like going to buy sheets the whole just, line just to keep testing as he I'm going to
0: roll up with like nine tanks as blood angels one day and you're just going to be like Brandon how far is this journey going
1: <laughs> he's like no they get plus one to wound yeah they get <laughs> plus attack. one the wound on the charge well Brandon thank you so much for joining me it's always a pleasure to talk blood angels absolutely man I, like I said, I think that they're, in like you said, they're a very uh, newbie-friendly army because of how they play, and they actually show you all the mechanics of the game. Right. And none of those lists that we saw are currently taking librarians and there's a whole nother list of things that that unlocks. And they oh, like, man, let me tell you about this librarian. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We just ran out of time. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, thank you for joining. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you want and have the means to please support us on patreon it it gets me out here gas is insane as everybody knows so me being able to come out and do this in person with everybody uh is when i live out in the country and i have not the best internet is actually really nice um and eventually it'll get to a point where it also helps the support the team and uh we wanted to be actually have it as like a, a conduit to kind of just supply us with event entries or, you know, splitting hotel rooms and stuff like that to just oh, keep yeah. us going and keep us engaged with the game. So if you find it in your heart to be able to support us on Patreon, look us up, and that would be super awesome. And we'll actually start releasing uh, part twos to episodes or just general yeah, Q&As just and stuff bonus like that. episodes and stuff. Yeah, so just extra content and uh, maybe even, throw de- depending on how big we get, throw in some met and dice. And, uh, yeah, we I can do some cool things for patrons. So check that out. And uh, thank you all for joining us. I'm Chad Stolpfield. This has been Table Talk. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Table Talk. Join us each week for more competitive Warhammer 40K content, reviews, interviews, and all-around strategy discussions. This is a Team Edden production sponsored by Edden Games located in Humble, Texas. For articles, coaching sessions, and all your wargaming needs, go to edengames.com. Your wargaming adventures begin here. edengames.com